welcome to Too Many Cooks, a podcast where we explore recipes written by your favorite chefs and try them out in our own home kitchens. It's like a book club, but for recipes. In today's episode, we're back in our usual groove and talking about an iconic chef and perhaps one of the most important people for us, Marcella Hazan and her Parmesan risotto. We dive into how Marcella brought Italian cuisine to the United States and talk a lot about her advice and techniques. And I think we uncover another debate. Are you team garlic press or team anything but garlic press? We also discuss big families, risotto strength, and of course, crocs. So we hope you try out this recipe and send us your feedback. How do we do this? Mm. Um, <laughs> how do we podcast uh we got thrown off by doing the the live cooking demo and the in-person recording and so now we don't know how to do it remotely again i know let me see if i have her parmesan risotto yes are you gonna do the podcast in that voice the entire time um no that would be insufferable and pretty offensive i believe <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> um okay I have to figure out, okay, I just have to caveat, I'm going to be saying her name wrong every other time, I think. It'll be <laughs> Marcella, and then Marcella, because I'm American. Um, I think I just know her through the world as Marcella, though, so, alas. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so Dave, hi! Hi, how are you? I'm good. Need to caffeinate. The question <laughs> like, is how have, many cups... Have you been in the past 11 hours, I guess? 11 hours? Um. Well, woken up every two hours or so by my puppy. Um, mm-hmm. So she's feeling better. Currently sleeping. But we yeah. haven't, so, you know. <laughs> so this should be interesting because we've be woken up since 4 a.m. So. Right. And and how many cups of coffee is too many cups of coffee? I don't know. <laughs> We're about but to find out. It's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> So what was the best thing you ate this week? <laughs> um, so it's a tough competition because I have been a little bit spoiled with some baked treats recently. <gasps> baked breakfast treats, which are the best kind of baked treats. Um, and But I, I have to go with... Uh, I had, I think, the uh, definitively the best croissants of my life uh, that somebody made... Recently. Who? Who made them? Uh, <laughs> you. Oh, yay. Yeah. yeah, they were they were just absolutely <laughs> absolutely incredible. I'm um, so glad. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think it's them. Yeah, I, I think yay, it, thank it's you. The yeah. Oh well I can I can post my recipe for that. It was um a labor of love, but it was really fun. Took three days, but it didn't have to. Could have done it in two. Just two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just under uh, two days. But I was like on a mission to make sure I could like make you know croissants anywhere and i just if you have all the right equipment thank you yeah i was i'm so excited i was actually i'm trying to think of what the best thing i ate because we've been eating so well here like back in back in our old stomping ground so like those tacos are just so good (laughs) we just (laughs) keep eating tacos (laughs) so i'm just gonna say those those fish tacos they're pretty great yeah. Um, and again, and the quesadillas too were also. Oh God, they, Taco Bamba! Phenomenal. Sponsor yeah. us. <laughs> Does that work? Does that Because we're we're basically sponsoring you at this point. <laughs> How much we're spending over there? So. I know, seriously. Yeah. Oh goodness. Well, I'm I'm really excited to talk about this episode because I or this recipe because I think that we owe so much to Marcella Hazan and her contributions to cuisine in America. Yeah. You know, like she. 
I guess I can just like get into her thing because I think what we really want to talk about is just how instrumental Italian food and cooking is in our lives, right? Like, yeah. Um, let me quickly go through my notes. So, let let me look. So, Mar- Marcella, I caught myself. Marcella, very, very, very close. I'm going to be counting, by the way. So, ah, just it. a bit okay. more pressure on you. <laughs> um, Marcella has on like a lot of our um, iconic chefs that we looked at had kind of a career like a, a different career before she became a cook. So she, very much in the vein of Julia Child and Ina Garten. She, you know, had a early career where she had um, double degrees in like biology and natural sciences from, um, you know, universities in Italy. She was born in Italy. And so she really became, began her career as a science teacher. And then she married Victor Hazan, um, an Italian-born, New York-raised um, Sephardic Jew who he basically he was like a wine writer and then he brought her to New York City a few months after they got married and what I think is fascinating is that she said she had never really cooked before she got married which I think is wow. really f- fascinating so like she has a book um, Marcella Cucina and it she has this quote here that I think was kind of striking so there I was having to feed a young hard-working husband who could deal cheerfully with most of life's up and downs, but not with an indifferent meal. In Italy, I would not have wasted time thinking about it. My mother cooked, my father cooked, both my grandmothers cooked, even the farm girls who came in to clean could cook. In the kitchen of my new New York apartment, there was no one. So I think that's pretty striking. And so she was like, all right, well, I'm going to take all of my cookbooks from Italy, but these aren't the flavors that she remembered. So she was like, all right, I have to figure out the methods and the recipes and, or I'm sorry, re- methods and the ingredients to kind of adapt these recipes. So she started doing just that and then opened like cooking lessons in her apartment. She had her own cooking school in New York City in the, in 1969. Okay, so basically she just like little by little gained more and more popularity in the US and New York Maybe. City with her Italian. It's kind of like, the essentials of Italian. Actually, oh my God, I'm an idiot. That's the name of one of her cooking. That's the name of that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentials of cla- classic Italian cooking. Um, so I really, I, I think that like people consider her and Julia Child to be in the same kind of vein of like Julia Child experienced like French cooking in France, but Marcella Hazan had to really like recreate Italian food in America from her memories of, of Italy and her, yeah, and her kind of her sense memories. She was, like, basically a food detective for the flavors that she had grown up with in America where the recipes, or I keep saying that, where the ingredients Yeah, the ingredients are completely different. Right. So, uh, did I even say when she was born? No, she was born in 1924 and died in 2013. Um, But during her time, she has just been super influential in making and and publishing a bajillion books on, um, like, classic Italian cooking. And she has so many techniques and suggestions and and really amazing um advice and then also a few hot takes that I have to read so (laughs) so my mom actually has the essential essentials of classic Italian cooking which is what the risotto recipe is adapted from so there's really no difference between the two except for a a note at the end that we'll talk about when we get to the recipe but here are some hot takes of Marcella Hazan that I think you and I might balk at a little bit no 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 We'll balk at one, I think. So, okay. okay. Number one, choose vegetables that are in season and plan the entire meal around them. Yes. I would. Lo- I love doing that. I have, was kind of forced yeah, to do I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, impossible. 
Yeah, I was forced to do that in Argentina, and I distinctly remember walking in and being like, oh, you know, I think I would like some roasted asparagus. So I went to the green grocer, and he was like, ma'am, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's like March. And I was like, what? And then I went to, um, like, this kind of like a, what, did, what do you call it? Like, a, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> no, that, like a place where you can buy, like, fruit, dried fruit Supermarket. nuts. No, damn it. <laughs> dried fruit Apothecary. nuts. Like, yeah, definitely. It's like a nut monger. <laughs> <laughs> nut monger. <laughs> uh, so now we have fishmonger, uh, cheesemonger, warmonger, and nutmonger. We finally have a fourth monger, which I'm very excited Did about. Did we ever talk about what monger meant? I don't so, actually know uh, if it made the cut. We no, it, no, and the reason it didn't make the cut is because, and I'm pretty sure it was yours, but one of our computers died. Uh, when oh I yeah, pretty sure it was mine, Dave. Pretty, yeah, pretty sure it was yours. Uh, so I, because I did go on a monger rant, I think at one point during that recording. That was so was, long was ago. Lost, lost for all eternity. Lost to yeah. time. Oh, the yeah. podcast Krampus stole our recording. I forgot about that. So monger <laughs> is a dealer or trader in specific commodity. How yeah. many mongers are there? There's, there's just well, there's, there's four. I mean, oh so, no, 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 coster monger. Nope, not a thing. Costermonger, a street seller of fruit and vegetables. Oh, so that's what you went to? <laughs> also no. known as a nutmonger? No. Coster is derived from the word costard, a, medi- a medieval variety of apple. Is that where the word custard comes from? Okay, this yeah. is like too much of a... No, I went to a... a they, in Argentina, they called it like a dietetica, like this like oh, diet, okay. diet store. But yeah. basically, it's like where you can get like your bougie diet needs so like if you have a special like paleo yeah um, we call it whole foods here exactly so i went to a nut monger and basically (laughs) said can i get some pecans i'm gonna make my sticky buns and they were like ma'am it is not pecan season like (laughs) when when the fuck is is pecan season (laughs) no one knows that (laughs) march april in argentina so i don't know i learned that so basically um (laughs) that's how people say it um, yeah, that's definitely. So, like, I think I, I learned really quickly that it's tough but really rewarding to cook vegetables that are in season and to really have yeah. to plan accordingly. Um, the second technique that she recommends is soaking vegetables in cold water for half an hour before cooking to remove all traces of grit. Then, she says, cook vegetables until they're tender but not mushy so that they have a rich flavor, which we've talked about was something that was kind of lacking in the early in like the 80s, yeah. 90s for a lot of cuisine was just kind of like, I'm sure even earlier, I, I mean, I know earlier than that where it's like, here's a can of green. It's all about like ease and necessity and things that you was able to like get on the table fast. and. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also too, so, you know, you and I are big advocates of roasting vegetables and um, always. Yeah. One thing I, I will definitively not do is soak something I'm going to try and roast uh, <laughs> because I don't want to add a whole bunch of moisture basically kind of yeah. into it so then it steams when it's roasting as opposed exactly. to actually just you know roasting and crisping up so i would i would be really surprised i mean i don't think th- i was cooking with fennel the other day like a fennel bulb and i realized mm-hmm. that like um i well i had never done that before and so as i was cutting it i was like so much grit and i was like oh right you're supposed to soak fennel and i was putting it in a soup so it didn't really matter but it was just like like you know, usually our vegetables are pretty clean, if like a solid rinse, and then you dry them out before you roast them. But wasn't fennel in the um, roast chicken recipe? I didn't have 
it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't have it. Did it? Was it? Because I couldn't oh. find it. This was Argentina, right? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. It wasn't federal season. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not it March, April. It was summertime, so I don't know. Yep. Um, when sautéing onions, put them in a cold pan with oil and heat them gently. This will make them release their flavor gradually and give them a mellower taste than starting them in a hot pan. Never in my life have I done that. I've done bacon in a cold pan first, but I've never done onions in a cold pan. I get that thing well, ripping hot. We, we just did it, right? It's it's this recipe. You do that. Risotto. You did not do that. Hold, please. <laughs> <Your> face. <laughs> hold, please. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm like, never in your life have you done it. Like you just did it days ago. I think. Oh, I did. Yeah, you did not do it, did you? Oh, wow, yeah. interesting. Huh. Be, so and and I remember it because I I have done this in the past, especially. This is what with... happens with me. I didn't do the <laughs> fucking lard. Do you do you read the recipes? Apparently before not. You start no, cooking? I just this is where You're my like, like this is where my like bouginess and snobbery knows no bounds <laughs> because I just like bitch. I know how to make a lard on, and then I look and I'm like, I don't know how to make a lard on, and then now I'm like, I know how to saute an onion, and then I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs> I know how to I layer we... lasagna. Yeah, yeah, God. Um, and I love that we discover this on air every time. On air every time. <laughs> so, oh my god! I want to just make um, I mean, sure I'm recording because yeah, I'm yeah. recording. <laughs> what's amazing is that I mean, god the stuff does. It turns out great, but so, <laughs> and the reason that I, I honed in on that is because so I do this a lot with garlic, right? So, um, interesting. Garlic can burn so quickly. Yeah. Uh, in hot oil and. Um, and really you, you want, I mean, and burnt garlic is going to ruin whatever you're, you're, mm. you're making. So if you ever burn garlic, just start over from scratch yeah. but, um, and clean out the pan really well. But, um, so yeah, so uh, pretty much what I do is I, I start, you know, if I mince garlic and, and usually, and I've shown you this, but I have, um, this kind you know, kind of like mince plate that, you know, that's what I call it at least, um, yeah. where, it and called? it turns the, I don't even know. Um, it's got like little spikes on it. Um, and it turns the garlic into like this nice, like little paste really. It's, and a, so, it's a mincing plate. Yeah, there you go. Um, and so that, <laughs> or a great that, plate. Ah, there you go. Uh, that actually like when it's in that consistency is going to burn even faster. Right. So, so doing it in just starting it in the cold oil really helps to infuse the flavor into the oil That's awesome. and subsequently into your cooking as opposed to throwing it to hot oil and then it's basically going to burn almost instantaneously. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so, so funny cuz I feel like anytime I add garlic to anything, I usually have had onions sweating in there for a while and mm-hmm. then I yeah. add it right before I add more liquid or something else, you know, so like if it's like I remember making um Allison Roman's like caramelized shallot and anchovy pasta where you like sh- basically fry shallots and um and garlic together and it and mm. you like cook it down i remember looking at the garlic being like it's gonna turn it's gonna turn and then you add a bunch of other shit to it and it turns out delicious but yeah you i be very careful with that so wait i gotta get to her um okay i'll save the hottest take for the last but um although some types of pasta like tagliatelle that's it that was my last one i'm sorry that was my last one um are best made fresh at home others like spaghetti should be bought dried pasta should be matched carefully to the sauce love that Never, yeah. like, I mean, I like making tagliatelle now that I have, like, a, a pasta attachment um, for my KitchenAid. But I also remember, distinctly, my mom 
telling me that in her Essentials of Italian Cooking, she says not to add semolina to certain pastas because it's too tough. It's mm-hmm. too, there's too much of a bite. And I think there's kind of a trend right now to have it be like super al dente, really tough, really bite, bitey. And like, I just, it doesn't, that's not my favorite. I mm. really am kind of on this like silky pasta. Like I want luscious, silky pasta. Luscious, Lush, luscious mouthful. Every time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, it's funny because I'm, I'm surprised. I, I definitely would have pegged you as al dente just because of the texture um, you know, yeah, actually, like there's, a... there's nothing worse than kind of to me overcooked pasta. No, I should clarify because I like it al dente, but I don't like it al dente plus semolina. If there's al dente gotcha, and okay. it's semolina, it tastes a little too raw for me. Yeah. But if it's al dente, so... just all purpose flour or pasta flour, double zero flour, then it's like great so to the tooth, but not to the tooth that. al dente. If anybody was curious what that meant, al dente. Um, Okay, olive oil isn't always the best choice for frying. In delicately flavored dishes, a combination of butter and vegetable oil should be used. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, yeah, olive oil isn't the best thing for frying. Oh, butter. (laughs) Well, and the reason I reacted immediately is because of there's just the smoke point of olive oil. Like, you know especially like you never want to like deep fry in, in olive oil right you know oh no um, and it'll get bitter and burned and... yeah yeah no nasty all right place? last hot take you ready Mm-hmm. garlic presses should be avoided at all cost 100 percent. really complete i completely agree <laughs> why i don't uh so it's pretty much a one-use tool right which i'm, I'm never really a big fan of yeah. um they are kind of a bitch to clean, right? So um, I, I can't imagine like a more difficult tool to have to, to clean out. Uh, I, uh, I have talked about... I <laughs> I have talked about, um, you know, how much a, a mince plate is just a great way to, uh, pun not intended there, uh, to, <laughs> to get garlic down and into, you know, kind of a, a smaller use. Um, I, yeah, I just don't... I, I, I haven't used a garlic press in, I mean, literally decades at this point and have no yeah. intention of ever using one ever again. <laughs> that was, okay, I have, I hate, what are they called? Like unit taskers or something? Alton Brown has a great word for it. I can't remember. Like, like don't, yeah, like don't have Sing- like yeah, single use, single use yeah. Um, yeah. thing. So like a cherry pitter or a garlic yeah, use a chopstick. Press. Yeah, use a mince plate. Chopstick and a wine, and a wine bottle. Um, I... To collect the cherry pit? No. Yeah. Okay. You're like, you just like, gave me I'm so like, much shade. I'm like, you, uh, you're drinking from the wine bottle. I'm like p- picturing you shoving cherries into the wine bottle and like how you get them out. And then so. Um, no, I, and then I was at my mom's house for a month and I was cooking something that needed like a buttload, a metric buttload of garlic. Mm. And I was just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And she's like, shing garlic press and it <laughs> hers is not hard to clean i mean it, it takes up like it's like maybe an inch and a half by six inches like in terms of space and she, she has two and she was like do you want this and i was like kind of yeah because it was it was just so it's also kind of satisfying to just be like squelch squelch you yeah, just like stick yeah. it in so i it's funny like you can it I totally understand both sides of the argument. Um, I loved it because I was like, instead of me having to finely mince into a paste, basically, Mm -hmm. this garlic, 
I could just, what was I using it for? I can't remember. I like really am trying to, like, I wish I had it. Cause I, um, but basically I needed like six or eight cloves of garlic minced and like, yeah, you take the flat edge of your knife and you smash it and you, you know, get it kind of like flat and you release all the juices and you chop the hell out of it and you take the side of your knife and you peel it. You like drag it over. A little salt in there too. A little salt for the abrasion. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So like there's absolutely ways to get around it. But honestly, I was just like, ooh, like (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I now have have a a garlic press. (laughs) Unabashed. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Um, So I I told you uh, about with the mince plate, like I also, I'll use it for like jalapeno it's is perfect for it because yeah. you get like you get this like liquidy, wonderful like you know kind of citrusy spicy, um, mm-hmm. you know little mush. Yeah. Um, I use it for for ginger all the time. That's brilliant. Uh, yeah. Can can you put ginger through a garlic press? You're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna. I think so. You have to have it muscle so- that through. I would. I don't know. I I. <laughs> it's funny. I don't. Probably not. But I. I just don't really care. Like. I would, after making, I made Claire Saffet's um, cherry cobbler with biscuits on top um, for dessert mm-hmm. ones, and it needed, like, two pounds of cherries pitted, and my mom was like, I have a cherry pitter, and I was like, yes! Like, yeah, it, I mean... it's just one of those things where, like, when you need it, you're really glad that you had it, but then for, like, day-to-day activities, the you're other... like, I really need it. <laughs> yeah, the 364 days of the year. Right, exactly, like, yeah. exactly. So, I completely understand both sides of the argument, but... And, and honestly... So you and I are also kind of coming from a perspective of <laughs> we have lived in condos or right. apartments Tiny, right, for, yeah. I mean, however, however long, 20, 20 years, you know, yeah. so, um, uh, so space is kind of of a premium right. for me, you know, and so these single use tools even more so like there's very, very few single use devices that I kind of have like waffle iron is the, you know, and, and air popper are kind of the twos that, that jump to but mind, but that's a single process, but it's not like you can only use it for making fruit leather. And you like make fruit leather once or twice. A year. You know, like that's what a garlic press is in theory. Like, I mean, unless you use, I, I do use it even in our like tiny apartment here. That's basically a hotel kitchen. Yeah. Like, I'll what do you use think it. an air? What do you think an air popper is, by the way? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, uh, air so fryer. Pop, a pop, no, a popcorn. Oh, fu- like, I yeah. use an air popper. I was like, <laughs> yeah. wait, is this a trick? It's an air fryer. I. Um, it's because at first I'm like, am I making fruit leather in a waffle iron? <laughs> I was like, no. I, so I think you're, you're thinking of like a food dehydrator is to make like Dave, fruit roll-ups I, and stuff, right? I did the thing that I do <laughs> I this sometimes. <laughs> I do the thing that I do sometimes where I just am like, yeah, yeah, I heard you. And then I want yeah, to say it, the I thing I, it, yeah. I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know how to saute a fucking onion. I'm just going to move on <laughs> and just do whatever I want. So. Great. <laughs> no, I heard you. I just wasn't listening. And then I <laughs> said the thing I wanted to say. There you go. Was, yeah, then it was my turn to talk and I just it was jumped my in. turn. <laughs> <laughs> Editing's really fun. When we are recording oh. in the same place, it's just like, I'm trying to edit. It's just like, noise. Because <laughs> at least when we have two separate audio files, I can mute myself. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Um, okay, well, Marcella Hazan is, she's just a gem, and really, I think, I, I mean, I think it's also really funny that she's credited as bringing Italian flavors to the U.S. in a more, like, at-home kind of way, because, you know, before the 70s and the 80s, you needed to go, you would go to, like, an Italian restaurant, and, you know, mm. wasps like me wouldn't necessarily go 
to the grocery store to get these flavors to then like make an Italian meal at home until Marcella Hazan was like, hey, you can do this. We have the tools and here are the techniques. And look, really all you need is seasonal ingredients. Do you have tomatoes? Yes. Do you have garlic? Yes. Do you have olive oil? Yes. Like go. And I, then, yeah. oh yeah. No, go ahead. Well, I was just, just going to say, I think every, um, every member of my family when I was growing up, you know, because I, I grew up in a you know, kind of big Italian family in New Jersey, so kind of stereotypical. Um, I remember this book being on in everyone's kitchen or on their bookshelves, uh, you know, and everyone learned kind of from, you know, their their parents, um, you know, yep. typically mom or grandmother. Um, but we had a few really good cooks in, in our family who were, who were men. Um, and everything was kind of passed down in, in that way. You know, you would kind of watch in, in the kitchen and everything. But but inevitably, they still had this this cookbook, yeah. you know, and and used it. And, and so, like, growing up, I've eaten a lot of these these dishes, you know, just because, like, that's what was what was made. And everybody kind of adapts it maybe a little bit on their own. But yeah. uh, it is funny that <laughs> she, she brought um, Italian cooking to the U.S. in, in a sense, um, having never cooked in Italy, you know, <laughs> like right. based on the Isn't bio that you, that you read, it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, she just had a sense of memory and then just kind of recreated it, um, yeah. which is very impressive. She also is, is credited for bringing balsamic vinegar craze to the U.S. So like balsamic vinaigrette and like all that stuff that we kind of yeah. took for granted in the 90s. Thank you, Marcella. She's got incredible recipes. She also is kind of like instrumental. There's like this huge trendy um, tomato sauce that was going around where basically you put like mm -hmm. a can of tomatoes and like a stick of butter and something and you just like and then half an onion and half an onion right yeah so you, you cut the onion in half and you just you basically just put it face down in, in the sauce with the butter and everything and you just let that cook for for a while just let it simmer um and then just season salt and pepper um and you have a <laughs> really great tomato sauce that's insanely easy yeah, two cups of tomatoes plus their juices, five tablespoons of butter, one onion peeled and cut in half. Combine the tomatoes and the butter and the onion in the saucepan. Add a pinch or two of salt, place over medium heat, and bring to a simmer. Cook yeah, for about 45 minutes. Yeah, that's exactly that's what you it. said. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's just so funny because it's like, theoretically, that's her most famous recipe. We could have done that. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, that would have been a little bit easy <laughs> to, to do. Um, um, I do, seriously though, I, I do recommend, you know, if you haven't, if you don't, you know, have a jar of, of Rayo's tomato Rayo. sauce, <laughs> uh, you know, our, our, our fake sponsor, um, <laughs> and you, you're kind of in a pinch, like, I, personally, I always have cans of, like, crushed tomatoes um, yeah. in my cabinet just because kind of was raised <laughs> that way, and I guess, <laughs> and I use it all the time. Um, it's like it's your Italian prepper mentality where you're like, yeah, oh, I'm running exactly. low. It's like, the world might end, and I, need, I might need to feed somebody. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> That's how I am um, with butter. I have yeah. like my freezer full of butter. Oh, yeah, same. Um, and and I typically always have an onion, you know, and, mm -hmm. and so you, I mean, this is the easiest, <laughs> that's the easiest recipe you could possibly ever make if you need a quick sauce. So. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about your family though. I wanted to hear more kind of about your like relationship with Italian food growing up before we get into the risotto. Yeah. So, I mean, so I grew up with a lot of like really good, uh, cooks and a lot of the cooking was Italian. Right. So, um, kind of like at each generation, you know, the ones like directly above me, you know, a lot of the cooking was maybe more Americanized, but then you keep on going up a level to like, mm -hmm. Um, so my grandmother had, uh, was a, one of seven siblings. And so, um, and some, of, <laughs> some of them or, or some of the spouses were, 
uh, some of the best cooks that I've ever had the pleasure of eating awesome. their food. My and my aunt, my aunt Dolly, so my my great aunt, um, was probably maybe like ninety pounds. Uh, she was Why? just a small, I... like picture like a younger Estelle Getty, and you know, so Sophia Petrillo from Golden Girls, you know, yes. um, and uh, so just like a younger version of her, and the strongest like physically strong woman emotionally strong too but like like she would grab your arm just to like guide you she just had a way of just like moving you about the kitchen and stuff and um this dolly and dolly um and and i i know and we'll talk talk about this in a second but i i know why she was so strong because she made a lot of risotto in her day and (laughs) and you just like really bulk up stirring that thing for 20 minutes but um but one of my favorite memories, because she was a really excellent cook, one of my favorite memories was um, she and I came together at kind of the perfect moment, because I was home from college, maybe like freshman year or sophomore year of college, uh, for Christmas or Thanksgiving or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my mom and I had gone over to, to her, I think it was her daughter's house, or my mom's cousins. And there was like the whole, a whole big family, just, I mean, just tons of Italian people just around. Um, and so we got there a little bit late. She had already kind of made a bunch of food for everybody. Um, and so, and everyone's already like dissipated, you know, everyone's like, they're yeah. watching like either a football game or they're in different rooms and stuff. And no one's like spending time with her. And <laughs> she offered to cook for me. And I was just like, yeah, no, that sounds great. <laughs> and so she sits me down at a table and just starts cooking just dish after dish and just what? putting food after food you know, in front of me. And I'm like a starving college kid. And so I'm just eating and eating. And, and the two of us are so, so happy because mm. here's like, I'm just so grateful to have this amazing food. And I love, she was so funny. And, and so like, we really got along really well. And, and, Don't and she's me. just so happy to basically be like feeding yeah. somebody who, wa- who just wants nothing more than me spending time with her at that moment, right. you know, when the rest of her, all her kids and grandkids, they're all like doing something else, you know? Right. So, um, but like, she had this cookbook, right? So she, she would cook, from it, as well as like just cooking the, the food that she grew up with, same right. you know, same way. Um, you know, everybody like we would come together for these big meals because everyone lived like close together in, in New Jersey. Uh, you know, and so you would come together and every, like pretty much everyone's it's kind of like potluck type stuff, and you know, or like or someone was in the kitchen for hours just like just right. cooking, and you know, and um, you know, I would volunteer as a kid to like taste test or sous chef mm-hmm. or, or you know do whatever just to kind of absorb some of that knowledge and you know and, and eat <laughs> so yeah. um so yeah so it was great so making this was was kind of a fun treat for me because I, you know i've made risotto before um i don't believe i've made this specific recipe uh you know so i, I knew kind of going into it and and i mentioned in the last episode that i think risotto for a lot of people is very intimidating because yeah it can go wrong really quickly um you have to stir the entire time right you can't you really can't kind of like drift no. away or anything don't check your phone and you don't know. check your phone yeah i yeah. Uh, no i think uh, just to kind of go back to that like i my college boyfriend like it wasn't a good relationship but his he was like in this big italian family and i it was kind of the first time that i met a group of family that like they were all oh, yeah, so good. loud and i was like kind of familiar with loud irish family but <laughs> yeah, i didn't but it wasn't our loud Irish family wasn't necessarily centered around food. It was more about storytelling mm. and like, you know, like one upsmanship with storytelling, I think is kind of like what I remember from mm-hmm. the Sullivan clan. And it's like, it wasn't necessarily like 
okay, everyone's sitting around the table. Someone's chopping, someone's chopping onions. Someone's chopping, chopping garlic. Yeah, the yeah. Nona, I don't even remember what the boyfriend's Nona's name was. She was just Nona. And I just like, mm-hmm. she was my favorite. She was exactly the same, like maybe 90 pounds. Like, and she would just <laughs> grab me and yeah, be yeah. like, is this, is this pasta done? And I'm like, yeah, I exactly. have no idea. I'm 18. <laughs> and she's like, no, you have to learn. And yeah. so she like would just kind of take me aside and be like, make the salad dressing. And I'm like, oh God, I don't know how to make the salad <laughs> dressing. And it was like white wine, vinegar, olive oil, salt, and pepper. And I'm like, this is the most mm-hmm. delicious thing I've ever tasted. Yeah. Or like we did, you know, Christmas Eve, um, Feast of Seven Fishes. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you're going to eat eel tonight. And I was like, I am definitively not. <laughs> and she's like, tough titty. You're going to eat some. <laughs> it was just one of those things. Like everybody was so, maybe I think back then I realized that my love language was food. Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't mean to make it sound sad, dad. I don't mean this, but like, we just didn't, we didn't eat like that. And our, our family yeah. loudness yeah. was only, it was always about like stories and not food yeah. really. So, um, all, all of the memories I think I have as a kid, um, <laughs> like in terms of like the families and stuff getting together are at, are eating, you know, it's right. like at, at, you know, either going out to eat at, at a, you know, at, like there's certain, certain restaurants that we went to that were like legit Italian restaurants, mm-hmm. you know, um, where half the time you're not even ordering and they're just bringing shit out to you and oh it's everything is incredible. Um, the dream. And, oh yeah. And so, um, or just like at one of these houses, you know, um, where yeah. we would just sit and eat and the meals would take hours upon hours. Yeah. You know? But it wasn't it, like, I, what I loved about that too was that everyone was involved and I'd really never seen men cooking like that ever in my life oh, yeah. at that point. And so it was always like, you know, my boyfriend's dad would like, go and he he they had a family restaurant too which i think probably contributed to the like there was no stigma of masculinity around being in the kitchen and there everybody just kind of like knew what to do they were all like okay well the men do this and the meat and the nana's doing the pasta and the salad yeah. and yeah, yeah. mom is gonna do all of the sides and someone's got the brujol and the whatever and it's like <laughs> are you bringing your baked ziti and who's gonna bring the who's gonna bring the there's always a vegetable there's always something great and yeah. I, you know, I think about like, you know, anytime somebody talks to us about, oh my God, that recipe took forever. And I think about it, I'm like, yeah, but you can do other stuff while you're doing it or just, you know, bring people into the kitchen and make them hang out with you while yeah, you're doing this. Yeah, just give them a job. Give them a job. Yeah. So I, I, maybe I think I just want to be that. I want to, I don't know. Ha- yeah, I mean, like, my, like nurture that using in it, my you, family. Yeah, and, and you said so, like, cooking as a love language, like, to, to me, I get so much joy out of feeding people. Like, yeah, me too. you know, I, yeah, I, I like to eat and everything, but, um, I like seeing somebody enjoy my effort yeah. in the kitchen is, is so rewarding, you know? And, and I, I think that just comes from like growing up in that atmosphere, you know, yeah. like I, like my grandfather talking about like masculinity and stuff, like my grandfather is a better chef than my, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Like she was, she was great, but he was better. You know, yeah. and so um, and so he would cook a lot and, and I learned a lot of, of cooking techniques from him, you know, and her and, you know, and my, and my mom and my great aunts and, <laughs> and everybody. But yeah, um, but yeah, he and I like we would just be in the kitchen together and, you know, he would have me taste test and we talk about like what we needed to change and everything or we would watch cooking shows together and, and yeah. you know, just kind of learn and, and, um, and try different things. Did he so. have a basement full of wine that he had made himself? <laughs> Like, I feel like that's kind of like a grandfather thing. <laughs> I, I wish, yeah, no. Um, 
Uh, I yeah. So I I just like really appreciate. I think that mentality, and it's it's not unique to Italians. It's very like, it's you know most of the world except for I think Americans. Honestly, <laughs> like I don't want to discount like you know normal American kind of cuisine, but like this is an immigrant kind of mentality where you're like yeah. big family. Everyone has a job, full of yeah. love. Well, community too, like being being yeah, kind of being close a, together too is, is right. a big part of it. I anyway, okay, let's get to the risotto because we're just t- nice. talking about. Um, okay, so this risotto is um, from the Essentials of Italian Cooking, and PBS published this kind of in honor of her her passing to commemorate her, um, and. So basically, it was it was published October third, twenty thirteen, and she passed on um, September thirtieth, twenty thirteen. Um, so this is a little tribute to her. It is very simple in terms of ingredients. You've got um, meat broth or veggie broth. I used chicken stock. What did you use? Veggie. Veggie. Oh, okay. Three ta- three tablespoons of um, unsalted butter. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> two tablespoons olive oil, two tablespoons onion or shallot chopped finely, two cups. Did you use onion or shallot? Uh, onion. I had it. I just, I, I used, honestly had I everything. Shallot. You shallot? Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. And then um, two cups of carnaroli or arborio rice, and then half a cup freshly grated Parmesan cheese, and then salt. So we actually talked about this, like something I edited out of the live recording, but you and I were talking about, like, Grace, are you going to... Um, are you going to measure out two tablespoons of that onion that you're, or that, you know, that lime juice that you're squeezing? And I was yeah, like, yeah. hell no. <laughs> like this is an, again, another thing I'm like, it's to taste with this. I actually recommend it because it is a little bit more chemistry than mm-hmm. just flavoring. Um, yeah. It's, it's magic. I it's mean, magic. as you do it, <laughs> it is, it I, is definitively just magic. So, <laughs> so I set up my, my camera to watch, to like, a time lapse of the 20 minutes to watch how it changed. So oh, I'll nice. post that video. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah, I was terrified this whole process. <laughs> you even said it last night. Like this is a test of an anxious, this is an anxious, an, what did you call it? Like a trigger, like an anxious. Yeah, trigger. no, I, yeah, I, cause, cause you and I, uh, you know, and this is going to come to a complete shock to, I think anyone who knows this, but we have a little bit of anxiety, uh, you know, secretly call, that we don't wear on our sleeves at no, all. No, <laughs> I wouldn't call it anxiety. I was just, I'm just a worry wart. Yeah, yeah, no. That's how people dismiss anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Just, just, just try and relax. Just, just relax, relax a little bit. Um, and so I, because again, I've made risotto in the past. I, 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 I know what it's like, right? And so, um, so I said to you last night, I was just like, I, I mean, I was almost like concerned because even the way the recipe is written, it's almost like a triggering thing because it's so intense about. Oh, it's so you know, intense. Make sure you wipe you, you wipe down right, the bottom me, and make sure you wipe the pan. Yeah, let yeah, me yeah. let me read it. Read it. Read it. So, and then you have two, okay. You have two saucepans. You have a medium saucepan where you bring the broth to a very slow, steady simmer, right next to where you're cooking the risotto. Then, in a cold fucking pan, you put one tablespoon of butter, your two tablespoons of olive oil, and your two tablespoons of chopped onion, um, in a broad, sturdy pot and turn the heat on to medium high cook and stir the onion until it becomes translucent then add the rice stir quickly and thoroughly until the grains are coated well in the you know fat then at in intervals you add half a cup of the simmering broth and cook the rice 
um, stirring constantly. And so you wipe the sides and the bottom clean as you stir until all the liquid is gone. You must never stop stirring and you must be sure to wipe the bottom of the pot completely clean frequently or the rice will stick to it. So it's this that is that section that I, I was just like, I was like, I feel like I could sense it's a, your, your pattern. Is Grace okay? Reading, <laughs> yeah, just reading that. So, um, so then there's, um, I'm just going to try and find the original um, essentials from my and, mom sent me the while picture. You, while you do that, I'm just going to note. Yeah. So you may have said this in the ingredient list, but just um, uh, make sure that your onion or shallot is, is finely, finely Minced, chopped. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you want this, you know not you don't want to get a chunk of something right. you basically you, want it to kind of just integrate in, into into the border of rice and just be part of the flavor not not like a bite that you're you're kind of getting there exactly so when there's no more liquid in the pot add another half cup continuing always to stir in the manner described above maintain maintain heat at a lively pace okay then it says begin to taste the rice after 20 minutes of cooking well i just personally i feel like there's a step missing so it's like, or maybe I'm just being too literal because it's like, that is saying to me that you do that once, right? What taste or you add the, when add there, the liquid? When there's no more liquid in the pot. So, okay. Oh, no. Add half yeah, a you, cup you of simmering broth, stirring constantly, right. blah, blah. And then when there's no more liquid in the pot each time, add. yeah. add another half a cup. So basically... Mm -hmm. After every time that the water is or the liquid is absorbed from the previous time, add right. ha another half a cup. So right. I think I'm being too literal. Like this is the linguistics problem where I'm like, but it didn't say. So it's like, <laughs> like you have to add a half a cup, wait for it to absorb. Add another half a cup, wait to it for absorb. Right. After 20 minutes is when you start reducing the liquid or no. Am I missing? No. Am I okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically you're adding, adding half a cup. Stirring it up, waiting for it to absorb. And, and the reason that you're doing this in stages is because otherwise, if we did it all at once, you'd have soup, mm -hmm. right? Like the, the liquid just would, would not absorb. And then also um, everything would kind of clump together and, and it just wouldn't work out. So Because the creaminess uh, is from the starch that is getting released from, yeah. that's kind of getting yeah, intermingled yeah. between the, the stock and the, so the, the arborio rice is a high starch rice and it actually is big. It looks kind of like... Um, like maybe orzo almost, but like half the size. Of, um, yeah, like if you if you kind of sliced orzo maybe in in half on the bias, like yeah, that would okay. So, so yeah, so you add so it's half a cup. You add it, it gets absorbed, and that's gonna have that first one's gonna happen pretty quickly. Okay, right? yeah, that's right. Um, then you add another half a cup, and do the same thing, and so now like you're you're kind of cooking for a little bit of while. Like then you do it again, and then as you're kind of getting closer to that 20 minute mark because um, you'll notice it'll take a little bit longer each time for mm -hmm. the, the liquid to absorb but you should start adding less and less liquid because the key thing is that you really don't want to like oversaturate this you want right. to let it just give it time to, to absorb and um and that's also what's going to keep you because you with that liquid it's going to keep it from like burning and sticking and so right um so it's it's a little it's bit of balance, balance and, and oh jinx yeah and you have like I totally get it if you do do the first time and, and you really you add too much too quickly or mm -hmm. you don't add enough and it starts burning or sticking because um, yeah. it it's a feel thing and it's an experience mm -hmm. thing. Like you, you really like you need that. eye. like I I knew kind of what to do, you know, when um, just because right. I've done it before. And so um, but don't like if you're doing this for the first time, you're trying it out, like don't feel bad if, if it just doesn't kind of come together in exactly the right way, because it's it's a little bit of 
trial and error. Yeah, I I think because I like instinctively, I was like, I'm reading this wrong. So I like, as I was stirring, I I was like, I have to add some more. Like, I I think it's an intuition thing. And I was just like, ah, like I panicked and added a little bit more. I'm (laughs) like, wait, it's actually working. And so then like, I said something that you were like, that's terrible. But I like turned away to wash my hands (laughs) because I was like, I think I added too much liquid or something. I turned away and then I like came back and I was like, Ooh, it's perfect. And you were like, no, (laughs) stand there. But I was tired. Like my arm, my little like chicken wing was sore. My my elbow, just even having this conversation is starting to hurt again because, um, so (laughs) I, I put yeah, exactly. I, so I put a chef's pad out. Uh, in advance, you know, just because I was like, I'm going to be standing here for 20 minutes. And so you just wear some well Crocs. Least... <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> and so I had that going for me. Um, the the tool that I use to stir is actually um, so, uh, you know, this, but my father in law does woodworking and he does amazing, amazing stuff. And so he had made uh, something for Jess, actually. But I like since I cook, I, like I use it all the time. Uh, but it's basically a, like a long wooden spatula, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably about maybe an inch and a half to two inches um, kind of in diameter. And it has a slight slope to it, you know. And, and that risotto. was the Paddle. perfect risotto. Yeah. Like that was exactly what I needed. Yeah. And But, you know, because of the, the length of it, I'm kind of at this awkward angle. <laughs> and like my elbow was just barking during it. And so... <laughs> I was watching the time and I'm like, I know how much time I have left. And, you know, I know pretty much exactly this is going to be almost to the second, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was hitting a point where I'm just like trying to switch to my left arm and, you know, and uh, like, I'm like, oh man, this is like, the, and I'm just picturing again, like, I was picturing like my Aunt Dahlia, like, this is why she was so goddamn strong. <laughs> like, yeah. she's just, you know, 90 pounds, but just, you know, just a beast when it comes Risotto to Risotto muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you, you can't get it. I think it is really fascinating that, like, it is exactly 20 minutes. Like, yeah. around, it's like, Marcella yeah. nailed it. You're like, okay, so begin tasting the rice after 20 minutes. I have to seek. I was just like, is it done? Like, I after, like. Oh, I tasted a few times. Yeah. I like, just wanted to also just, see, like. Yeah, like, where am I Where am I at? How far away am mm-hmm. I? Um, and so, basically, it's right. So, in intervals of, like, you know, a few minutes or maybe even less, but you're adding these, like scoops of of bra or of stock to get it um absorbed how did you, you transfer the stock to to the pan i had a half cup measure oh interesting okay. yeah because i was like this is potions i'm gonna yeah yeah i'm gonna do it so i used like a pyrex glass measuring oh, cup yeah. you know yeah to just be able to scoop and pour and then this way it wasn't like splattering you... or anything and so yeah, I mean, my kitchen is pretty small, and so I was just like, I can do this. If I can do this in any, if I can do this in this kitchen, I can do it anywhere. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my like mentality. So then, uh, blah blah blah. Oh, okay. Begin tasting the rice after twenty minutes. It's done when it's tender but firm to the bite. Great. So al dente. Um, mm-hmm. gradually as it approaches that stage, gradually reduce the amount of liquid you add so that when it's fully cooked, it's moist but not runny. So exactly, you don't want soup and you don't want. You want it to be creamy from the starch and not from, and not wet from the liquid. Yeah. Um, when the rice is about one or two minutes away from being fully cooked, add all the grated Parmesan and the remaining butter. Secret. I added so much Parmesan. <laughs> Half a cup, my ass. I was like, this is a point where I can just be like, ooh, great, 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 great. Like, I went, 
I had a great time. Oh, with I know, my Parmesan. Yep. Um, and then, but I did only do the two two tablespoons of butter, and then stir constantly to melt the cheese, wrap it around the grains, off the heat, taste, and correct for salt. Great. So, so, so when you read that, yeah, uh, and thinking about it, like it's it's done, or you're tasting it at 20 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. A couple minutes before uh, it's done, you're adding the the cheese and the butter. Uh huh. At what time did you add the cheese and the butter? Probably like 19. Okay. 1930. Okay, because the way it's written. I know. Because of the and the order. I know. It almost so I I did it at like 18 minutes, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but the way it's written, you know, it's very easy, I think, to basically read it like, okay, 20 minutes and tasting it. And then you get to the next step. If you haven't read it ahead of time, you're like, oh shit, I was supposed to add this yeah. two minutes ago. You I know? would change the, you're, I would change some of the wording. Fine. You're yeah, fine. Yeah. Like it's fine. fine. But, yeah. um, I was curious, especially with like the way you interpret any other part, if you did that. Um, let's, so I seasoned it with salt at the end, like she told me to. Um, I also used a low sodium. <laughs> Even with all the cheese that, uh. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I tasted it to taste. I didn't yeah, actually yeah, add that yeah, much yeah. salt. It was kind of, it was mostly Parmesan salt. Yeah. Um, but I think what's interesting, I'm just trying to see. So what did you eat this with? None. You just had, this is your dinner? Yeah. 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 I just wanted it um, just on its own. Um, I thought about pairing it, uh, but it was already gone with this uh, really good sourdough bread that someone had made uh, recently <laughs> for us. <laughs> it's already gone. Yeah, we just finished ours too. Yeah, um, we had we had an extra person eating. So, um, so but yeah, I mean, I, risotto like it's it's a very versatile dish. Like yeah. we we did the very basic recipe, but you, you can add and do so many different things with this. Um, yeah, and and I think she gives some of those instructions you were saying. But yeah, um, but it was just like the most perfect. And I remember Ben looking over and being like, Oh my God, is this, how much cream is in there? And I was like, none, (laughs) that the cream, the cream is from the starch. I was so excited. Mm -hmm. It's from the magic. It's from the magic. I love, I can't wait to cook it again. I have everything in my pantry that I can, you know, to make it again. I'm just going to do it. I can't wait. It's definitely in my arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get to the ratings. Oh shit. uh, The ratings. I was kind of like, you just gave an R. My R. Okay. So yeah, I think it's, um, the flavor, I would say, I would say four out of five because it is. I personally felt like it needed a something else, like a vehicle for vegetables, mm. or um, or something something else. Like I will probably always make it with like a a pork chop or roasted veggies or something mm-hmm. to have it on the side. Um, ease, honestly, I was. I think my anxiety maybe told me that it was going to be harder, but it's a five. It was so easy. Okay. Are you going to, oh, I, I don't know. I thought it was super easy. Start to finish 20 minutes. I love that. I don't yeah. know. Start to finish maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. Because yeah, I that. chopped a vegetable. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, approachability. I pretty much had everything in my pantry except for the rice. And I got that at the grocery store. Like DoorDash. Yeah. Or not Door Instacart. Like, thank you. <laughs> um, and the repeatability five. So what did I say? So it's four, that's, five, uh, nine, five. That's a 19. That's a 19 yep. for me. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I, I also think the flavor is a four. Um, I, I want to make one note. So uh, I purposely did this with pre-grated cheese that mm-hmm. you would get, like, in the cheese section. So not, not something in a stupid green jar. That's yeah. Oh, that's sorry. Not, that's, not, that's not cheese. I'll bleep um, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so because, um, you know, if you have the time, you know, and, and you have uh, some fresh Parmesan, um, Definitely grate it because it's going to be better. 
Yeah. I so I did it in this way because a I mean I had it on hand, which was nice, but um, but b I imagine a lot of people would would probably just grab you know the pre grated yeah. cheese uh, because it's it's so much easier, right? Um, and so I was kind of curious to see what that final product would be, and it and it's fantastic. I mean, it comes yeah. out really great. Um, so I do think you know you could do it either way. So if you are kind of curious about like swapping, you know, the freshly grated cheese out for just you know, pre-rated, um, by all means, go, go for it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the flavors are four. It's, it's delicious. You know, I, I, um, managed to reheat it to a nice consistency the yeah, next day using I about some that. water and, and basically kind of steaming it almost a little mm. bit. Um, uh, so it doesn't just like dry out or get all clumpy. Um, I didn't but, do that. I just reheated it in the Tupperware and it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you put a Tupperware on a stovetop? I don't know. Oh, in a microwave, you ding dong. Yeah, use a microwave. Yeah, no, not gonna do Good. it. Um, Dave so, doesn't have a microwave. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, so uh, ease. So, so I I've been wrestling with the ease because hmm. um, it it's it is like twenty five minutes or so, maybe, you know, maybe twenty seven, um, start to finish, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's that's it. It's twenty minutes of active. Or it's 27 minutes, basically, of active time, Yeah, <laughs> you know, because you're not preheating anything. You're stirring the entire time, mm -hmm. um, That's true. you know, and and it's and the stirring is a, a good amount of of work. And the the thing for me, it's actually interesting to me that you made it with other stuff, because like, mm -hmm. I don't I don't know how you make it um, with some. Well, you can't do something else while doing this. You no, really I have did to it just first. like I did the yeah. vegetables first. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so for me, I think like between how much my elbow still hurts <laughs> and, um, you got tennis uh, but, elbow. exactly. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, just the, like the fact that it is that much active time, mm -hmm. I, I think makes it a, a four for me. Well, just a um, four. I mean, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I mean, again, this it's, it's, about... it's an easy, it's an easy recipe, right, right. you know, it's, there's nothing complicated to it. But you just have to factor in that you're going to be spending like 20 minutes of solid stirring, and yeah. you know that might not be for everybody. So and like um, it's, right, it's all about like what your level of ease is. Like if you've got toddlers running around, it might be hard to like yeah. stir. Yeah. Um, definitely put like you know if you got an active puppy, like yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you can't. You, yeah, yeah, um, that's a good point. Approachability. Uh, appro approachability five. I mean, I had literally had all the ingredients on hand. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and repeatability is a five. Like, yeah. I, you know, I'll definitely make this again. So that's great. 18. 18 and 19. I think that's great. Yeah. I forgot to mention, though, that in Marcella's um, original recipe, she called for grated white truffle, which I like. Oh, that's right. We yeah. didn't talk about because I don't love truffle-y flavors when they're, I mean, if somebody's like, if I'm like, ooh, what's that? And it's like a little stinky. I'm like, ooh. Mm -hmm. But if it gets to the, like, gym yeah. sock. Is that yeah, exactly. If it's feet, yeah. feet, yeah, yeah, I yeah, I don't yeah. love it. But Ben loves truffle, so like, I might and I found truffle salt at um, at the grocery store, and I'm like, that might be a good way for like if to taste add truffle. Um, yeah. I loved this. I'm I can't wait to make it again. I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. cool. So what are we doing next week or next episode? Uh, so we are going to make um Alton Brown's baby back ribs. Baby back. How many times are we allowed to do that song? Oh, I'm going to do it throughout the episode. <laughs> it's just... like my boof, pork, and your... <laughs> yeah. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. It's just over and over again. Yeah. That's it. 
So. Oh, God. It's probably like we're probably alienating all of our young listeners with that. Cause I don't <laughs> who, think who don't know what that, that commercial was? Or? They only probably know it from The Office if they've been, you know. Barbecue uh. sauce. Is there, do they do it in The Office? Is that? Yeah, he like, he's at Chili's and he and um, uh, Michael Scott and I can't remember his name, but they were, he was like with the, I think it was like the client episode where they were like, Chili's, baby. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to do some baby back ribs. I've, I don't know. Let me just open the recipe. I don't know if I've actually technically made baby back. Like what's a baby back? Um, we got to tune in to find out. Then tune in to find out. Yeah. Okay. But it's a low and slow Alton Brown. Yeah. We're going to talk about food science. <laughs> we're going to be talking about all that stuff. And Alton Brown is such a, yeah, such an icon for me. Yeah. Same. So, and it's, it's almost like the exact opposite of what the recipe we just did. So right, it's, it's, it's a lot more like. You know, hands off and uh, a lot more hands off. Is, I think a lot so, of ingredients. A lot more, yeah, not stuff that you just necessarily have just on hand. And I don't so, think I'm gonna. It'll be cool. I'm not gonna live in a in this apartment very much longer, and so it's like I don't know if I'm. I'm like looking at this. I'm like I don't think I'm gonna buy old. Yeah, we can probably just split some. We'll just split stuff. Yeah, I'm just gonna bake it at your house. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> let's fine. just <laughs> let's. Uh, well, I think the risotto too was more of like a. I'm stubborn and I wanted to make. We're not stubborn. What's the word where I'm like? I mean, you, I, you are stubborn, but uh, yeah, but I maybe am not stubborn. in this instance. So. <laughs> no, but like, like with the croissants, I'm like, I want to make sure that I can make this in in basically a hotel kitchen, so that if mm-hmm. somebody feels inspired to make it and they don't have all these ingredients, and then it's like, I see the baby rack and I'm like, Ooh, Dave, I need your kitchen. I'm just gonna do it together. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, no, this will be a good one because like yeah. we we can make a really nice big batch and um, yeah, have everybody just sit down and eat and dive in. So. Oh, my dream, my heaven. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, God. I'm so happy to be back in DC. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm I'm so okay. I'm just I feel so much better. <laughs> Caffeinated, hydrated, talking go. to friends, talking to friends about food. Yay. Okay. So I need. All right. Well, um, send us your feedback. Try the risotto. Send us your feedback on Instagram, and now we have a Facebook page. Um, <laughs> Too many cooks <laughs> podcast on Facebook. And yeah, so I guess we'll maybe a little sneak peek. So we're gonna have some some mini sods yeah. coming up where we we revisit some of the recipes that we've already done, um, and especially if we've done kind of like another run at it and, and maybe tried something different or learned something new. Um, so we're gonna have a few little like shorter yeah. uh, episodes for you to enjoy. Yeah, and kind of in the spirit of this Italian extravaganza, our first mini soda is going to be a, a, a retrospective, a look back on mm-hmm. how we've adapted the focaccia and the lasagna um, from previous episodes. So, yeah. yes. Okay, awesome. All right, friends. Well, um, eat well, be well, and don't forget to preheat your oven. In today's episode, we're talking about Marcella. <laughs> in today's episode, we're talking about Marcella. Oh, my God. I'm going to get this. In today's episode, we're discussing Marcella Hazan and her Parmesan risotto. Did I get it?